This is Manifest Mindset, where we delve into our true passions, inspire the best out of ourselves, and live our life with true intention every single day. All right, welcome back to another episode of Manifest Mindset. Hello, Nick. How are you doing today? Hey there, Bob. Hanging in there, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great. It's it's uh we're in December now. It's the end of what year is this? Twenty 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 one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. It's it's uh I think Thanksgiving was last week. So I hope you you're doing well, Nick. Yeah, it was great, man. Got a chance to head out back east for a while, see some family out there. It's been way too long, so that was always always refreshing, always a great time of year. How about you, Bob? How's your Thanksgiving? It was good. It was good. I went up to Boston for a bit. So was that the first time you went back to Ithaca um, this year? Um, so actually, I haven't. This was out to New Hampshire to see some family out there. So I actually flew into Boston, then um, headed up north from there. But I actually haven't been back to Ithaca or New York since I've been out to Cali yet. Really? Wow. Okay. Yep. So I've, I made some trip studies, um, see some family in other states, but I've not been back to good old New York yet. Okay. Soon, next. <laughs> exactly. Um, when did you fly to Boston? I, I I flew to Boston as well. Okay, this was. Uh, let me recap the days here. It was basically I left um, extremely early um, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning from LA. So I got into Boston like ten o'clock in the morning, um, ten eleven in the morning on Wednesday before Thanksgiving. But then I flew out bright and early Monday morning. Oh, yeah. We missed each other by a day at the airport, Nick. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, but, but how's everything been going? It's, it's uh, I think, been a month or two since we talked on this podcast. Any yeah, new updates in your life, Nick? Uh, let me think here, Bob. Um, let me think about some updates here. Really, in some ways, a lot of things are pretty similar about the same. Things are going well with the fellowship now. Um, I'm progressing the business along the way. We're kind of staying a pretty busy zone with that right now, getting things prepared for having a launch in early January for the full program for the OCS study group. But then, you know, just getting all the things fine-tuned, getting bank accounts set up, getting all the documents we want to give people ready to go. Um, so it'll be a successful program. That's a little bit busy on that end. Other than that, just enjoying the fellowship, enjoying some good friends out here. Um, I'm teaching a course with a couple other fine fellows coming up in January. So we're prepping a lot of material for that, getting ready, going over a few dry runs for that. So pretty excited to be teaching a con ed course too. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a big uh, big change. A lot of things going on. Like, I don't think we, we mentioned the, the course on the podcast before. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so part of the Kaiser Fellowship towards the end, one of our culminating project in addition to the research that we do. Um, we've got the opportunity, or not the opportunity, um, it's part of the program, right? But I view it as an opportunity um, to teach a con ed course with the other spine fellows that I'm a part of and kind of co-teach it for the day. The one-day course, um, unfortunately, will be online this year due to COVID. We want access and we don't have to worry about, you know, who's vaccinated, who's not vaccinated, access, all that kind of stuff. So, just trying to make the best of it we can out of this year. Something I'm really excited for, Bob, we're focusing on upper upper quarter management of um, regarding, like, swings and chains and anatomy trains and those kind of things. 
So it's going to be good exposure, kind of good putting together a lot of different treatment principles for some other PTs out there. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's an amazing opportunity. Like, it seems like you're getting after it. You've so many things going on in your life, and you're following your passion and your dreams. So that's, that's what it's about, Nick. You're living the hey, Nick Davis way. So. Absolutely, man. It, it's exciting. You know, at the same time from being after Thanksgiving, we have this weird combination of feeling fully energized, excited, good, restorative. At the same time, it's like, wow, that vacation tasted good. I might, I might, I might want a little more of that stuff, too. Um, yeah. so there's a different energy coming out of that as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, over the um, Thanksgiving break, if you want to call it, I, I got a chance to read a little bit more more books. And one of the books that I'm reading currently is it's a book published by uh, Tim Reynolds. This is uh, one of the uh, professors at Epic College. Great, great book. I love that book. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's, it's called uh, Movers and Mentors. Uh, have you read the book? Nick, have you gotten have, the book? Yeah, yes, I have, Bob. But please tell me a little bit more about it from your perspective. I want I want those listening to hear about it. This is a, a great read. Yeah, so it, it's a book by Tim Reynolds and Brian. I'm gonna butcher his last name. Gazinski, Gazinski. Um, but but they're both uh, pretty. I guess I don't want to say new in the field, but they're pretty established. They, they have their OCS, they have their fellowship, and what they did was they kind of got a group of physical therapists, the top names in the field, and they interviewed them and asked them questions, and they put them all into a book. Uh, this is, I think, based off the idea of uh, Tim Ferriss. He's the guy who wrote The 4-Hour Workweek, but another book that he wrote was called The Tools of Titans. So Tim Ferriss, he's big on like self-help, motivation, business development, things like that. And he had yeah, a you know, podcast. Bob, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you mentioned that because I've read the four-hour workweek, but I haven't read the other books, so I'll have to put that one on my radar. Yeah, so, so the Tools of Titans, he, he, Tim Ferriss basically he has a podcast where he interviews the best minds in the world in different areas of life, like health, business, uh, different areas like that. And basically he took all the, the podcasts, made like a cliff note version, and put them in, a, in this giant 700-page book called Tools of Titans. And it's basically exactly how it sounds. It's like they're tools for their success of these big minds and in whatever field they specialize in. So I think this book was kind of based off of that. Um, Tim and Ryan, they really got the best minds in physical therapy and interviewed them and put them all into this one book, uh, which, which is very good. Right? <laughs> you get all the all the bright minds into one book. You can you get to have like a a coffee conversation to pick their brains all for $15 in their book, in this book. And I'm, I'm halfway through. I kind of cherry picked initially of who I wanted to read. And then I'm, I'm just reading it from back after that. Uh, but I really noticed three common themes that, that kind of stuck out to me. And, and I want to hear your take on it too, because you probably read the book, you finished the book and you've got a lot of takeaways as well, Nick. But one of them was, uh, one of the questions that were asked was, what is the best personal investment that you have made on yourself? And everybody gave different answers, but one of the most common things that I saw was how important investing in, I guess, a good partner or spouse is in terms of having somebody to support you at home, somebody that's, your, I guess, partner in crime and being so supportive of whatever venture you want to do. 
uh, it wasn't, I guess, like, like for most of these people, it wasn't, oh, it wasn't a, a content course. It wasn't doing this or that. It was really investing in my relationship with my wife or husband and having them really support me uh, throughout the journey. So I thought that was very interesting. I thought that was very cool uh, to, to hear kind of thing because you really, you really need to have that support to kind of become, I guess, quote unquote successful in your eyes. Uh, another thing that I got that I really took away was a lot of people recommended when you first get out of school, don't take the highest paying job first. Instead, finding a job that you can get paid a little bit less, but you have that mentorship there um, along. So those two were the kind of the big takeaways that I got for myself just, just so far going through this book. Do you remember anything, Nick, that stuck out to you? Yeah, Bob, I think those are two great tangibles that have definitely, you know, struck a chord with many people. And I think the nice thing when you mentioned that, you know, don't always take the highest paying job for the sake of the money itself, go for the mentorship. I think that looks different for many people, right? And that, you know, when people read this book, Movers and Mentors, and understand the caliber of clinicians, but also the the generation or the decade that each of these different clinicians graduated that started their careers with. Some were five years ago, some were 40 years ago, some were 50 years ago. And times were different then and times are still changing and evolving now. And so for some of these people, like their mentors that they chose were a CrossFit coach or another person or some people it was, you know, the head researcher, right? So it doesn't necessarily mean the only true, like, clinic, like people in clinic only. Um, there are other perspectives that go on as well and other opportunities for that mentorship too. Yeah, but yeah. I, 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 sorry to cut you off, Nick, but I think that the, the point I'm trying to boil down to with these two big points is, is that it's more so about, I guess, the people that you surround yourself with, the, the mentors and the, your, the, your personal support and how it's not just the most important thing is, oh, learning how to become the best technique person or learning the skill to the maximal capacity. It's more so about surrounding yourself with the best people that support you into pushing you forward kind of thing. That's what I wanted to get across. Um, that's what I thought really stuck home and, and kind of was the similar chord between most of the, the people that, that were in the book. Yeah, I completely agree, Bob. And, you know, the others I'll say kind of less tangible things that I took away from in addition to you was, there's a strong message for these two dualities. One is on humble confidence, right? It's about you don't know it all. Acknowledge you don't know it all. The sooner you get over understanding that you have so much more to learn, the better it's going to be for yourself, the more fun you're going to have in the journey, the better experience you're going to have. And that's something that's absolutely incredibly powerful. But the message number two is just owning your authentic self, right? These people are who they are because they bring so much to the table, because they've had things in their life before their PT career, because they chose to evolve things and adapt things in certain ways, because they've had certain populations that they can just dig into and offer something unique or important or passionate to the profession, um, whether that's directly in the clinic or in other means too. And so having this combination of humility, always be a lifelong learner, and owning your authentic self. The third thing I would add to that is that not letting other people's definitions of their ideal lifestyle define you. So many people in that book 
in some way, shape, or form talked about people overvaluing this idea of work-life balance. That's a common phrase in our profession that, of course, it is important. I do think that there is, you know, too much burnout or too many other things going on that are, you know, different challenges for sure. And it is important to have a work-life balance. But that work-life balance for me and for you or for the next person down the road looks different. There are different things that you and I might value at different stages of our career, different stages of our life. And if we just give over to what Joe Schmo or somebody else says about, hey, this is work-life balance for me, why don't you have that work-life balance? You know, 50% of other people have my kind of work-life balance. Why don't you have my work-life balance? Well, that might not be what makes me fulfilled or what makes me happy for that, and you might be satisfied in what, what that means for you. And sometimes that means I'll be doing way more than you. Sometimes that means I'll be doing way less than you in different phases and different seasons of my career and different other things that come up in life that are extremely important to me, just as important or more important than my career at that time. And so I think when you own your authentic self and approach it with humility, it gives you permission to define your own work-life balance and what that means and also redefining it for yourself, too. I know for myself that, you know, I'm on a pace right now that I love, and I'm not going to be on this exact pace for my entirety of my career. Right now, look different. It's going to evolve. It's going to change over time, and that's great and okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think to sum up everything you're saying is, like, a work-life balance is, is different. It's defined differently for every person. And and it sounds like to me like everybody shouldn't be trying to copy what another work life another person's work life balance, but really trying to define your own. Because yeah. for person number A, they they must they could love working I don't know, seventy hours a week and spend at home like five hours a week, but they're super happy that they're great with their family. They're making it all work. That's their work life balance. But then another person could have be working ten hours a week. And that's their work-life balance of, okay, that's where they, they kind of vibe the most. Uh, but on the other flip kind of, kind of uh, other, on the other flip side of the coin, somebody could be working 30 hours a week and be having a miserable life because they're working too little or they're working too much kind of thing. So you're right, Nick. I, I agree, like, like always. But uh, you know what's funny? I, I think um, a lot of these topics that we read in the book – kind of align with many of the themes we talk about on this podcast of, um, yeah, just, just aligning with the, with, with our theme. So I, I'm pretty proud of, of both you and me for kind of, kind of having this mindset already, even in PT school when we first started this podcast. So kudos to you, Nick. Kudos to you. Well, and Bob, I think it's, you know, like, again, we'll give ourselves a little pat on the back here and everybody else listening to this too, taking the time out of their day to, you know, contribute to their own growth through this, but it's also less about us. And I think what we, what I've come to realize more and more from reading books like this, from talking to experts, from understanding people's perspectives, is it's far less about us being amazing because we're more similar to these other people. So it's these people, these names that we put up on pedestals that we treat as like a high level status that, you know, these would be equivalents of, you know, elite athletes, right? People that we don't and you and I probably won't have the physical capacity abilities of, um, both because we might be lacking some of these skills, we don't have the tenacity of, or we have not elected to use the tenacity to train something in one specific realm for that sport the way that they have. 
right? But we put these people up on a pedestal, and we put them up on this high level because if we put them up there out of reach, they wow, they've got incredible abilities. They're not even human. It gives us the excuse not to try to attain that, right? And, I mean, I think of minds like the late, great Kobe Bryant or other people where they talk about success and they talk about the illusion of failure and they talk about, you know, what we can all achieve. And it's easy to say, wow, Kobe had incredible ability, incredible skill, incredible tenacity, and an incredible innate ability. And that's why he was who he is, and I can't be anything like that. But the, and it, it's true. It is absolutely true, and it's an excuse. It's an excuse to not to attempt to work towards that. It scares us, right? And there are moments for me it's like, wow, people got here through, yeah, sure, certain abilities and stuff, but hard work and grand determination too, which means there's no excuse for me not to do the same thing. So when I read this book, and I don't know how many people, if it's 50 or 75 people in this book, I can't remember. All these things are attainable when you stay humble, when you stay hungry, when you stay to your true, authentic self, when you find the right mentors and support system. All these different possibilities, they're great and they're impressive and they're incredible and they're not unreachable. Yeah, I love that. I, it was not the statement that, that we're all human, but, but I love the, the point that you mentioned of, you see somebody that we put on this pedestal and you see them as, oh, they're so far away and, and we can't get to that because they just look so far away. And I, and I completely agree with you. That, that's both of, it's an excuse, but it's also, you want to respect that all the hard work that they put in, yep. but it, that doesn't mean you can't accomplish it if you don't put the, the hard work in. Now, now not, not to say like, let's say you're five, you're four eleven. I, I don't think you, you'll be able to, to go to the NBA, right? There, there's, stuff that other things consider, but you can work hard and be great at the, I don't know, a rec league or something. I don't know. I don't that, know, that good... I don't know. No, dude, Spud Webb's going to be knocking at your door, man. He's going to come down and get you. And no, I'm kidding. It was a short guy back in the day in the NBA. Um, okay. So, I mean, but, so yes, right, there is there is a talent, there are genetics, there are things, and this goes to the whole David Epstein conversation, right? Um, correct. There are things that we are more biased towards for success. There are things that we find more enjoyment out of. And so, yeah, there are things that we're better suited for. And I think you and I are talking the same language, Bob, where whether you have that or not, if you want to go for something, that that in itself is not a reason to stop your pursuit of that thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, let, let me ask you a quick question, Nick. Do you poop? Do I poop? Do you poop? <laughs> you are damn right I do. Yeah. And so does everybody else, right? So I I guess the point I'm trying to make is is we listen to you talk, Nick. Everybody that listens to you talk, they're like, Oh, Nick, he's such a he's such an amazing guy. He's so smart, he's so I, 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 I know where you're going with Bob. You're like, That Nick guy, he poops, he's full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean you you go to the bathroom just like the rest of us, right? And and it's a, I remember that I was I was going to the seminar once. And there was this really famous in- influencer that I, I was uh, about to go meet. I was about to shake his hand and ask him some questions. And I was I was literally shaken. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to go touch this guy. I'm going to go say hello to him. Um, and and, and I, I was just quivering on the spot. Um, and then I go and I just talk to him and I just realize, oh, this guy's just another guy just like me. And, and everything he's accomplished, I, I can I can do the same if if I get lucky enough, if I do put in the same work, if I have that tenacity. But he's just another guy just like me. 
kind of thing. He he stutters. He does awkward things as well as if he was given a speech. So, so it was a really humbling lesson to me that, that all these people that we look up to, they're, they're all human, right? It's, it's not like they, they're, they're a reptile and can do something crazy. Um, right. And again, we, we, might, we might choose not to do it, and that's okay. There is nothing wrong with that whatsoever, and it's still our choice, right, is that the key is that we have the ability, we have the option if we choose to give ourselves permission to work towards that, and we don't have to. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 I, I think the message here is don't, don't get discouraged just because they're so far. Would you agree with that, Nick? You there, Bob? Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, got you now. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So, so what I was saying was it's basically the idea here is, is don't get discouraged just because somebody's a little more ahead than you. Or, or don't try to compare yourself to other people. You define who you are kind of thing. So Absolutely. I think that's the message. The, the message of, of our, our, our poop conversation there. <laughs> that was it. So, Nick, anything else you wanted to share? You know, Bob, I think today was a great review of that book. Um, actually, I got ended up getting a copy from my younger cousin. Um, crazy proud of her. She was in um, – she just completed her bachelor's degree in what was it some kind of public health thing and decided that in her last year second to last year she actually wanted to go down the route of doing physical therapy um so i I might be a little bit biased but definitely excited for her she's at northeastern right right now completing her uh first semester of physical therapy graduate school she made it well actually she made it through the summer program with the cadaver anatomy so technically second semester for this fall and i gave her a copy of this book so she'll be reading it having some uh, insights, reflections as well. And as I've told some people, you know, this is a book that I wish I had when I was starting physical therapy school, right? That, you know, it just came out recently. Um, so I didn't have the ability, obviously. And it was pretty cool for how many of those names I recognized and some different stories I had those people already at the stage of the relationships that I have with uh, many of them and know through research or know through other personal talks from some of them. And this would absolutely be the book I'd want to get my gears turning and spending more than just learning physical therapy material, but starting off my career as a student physical therapist and just seeing what the world of possibilities hold. Yeah, definitely. And, and you must give her a lot of advice, too. But let, let me ask you this, Nick. You're, you're, you're a big mentor of mine. I look up to you a lot. Um, and, and we talk about this book a lot about, okay, it's, it's they ask for advice on um, – I guess the exact question I have the book right now, what advice would you give a smart-driven college student or young professional entering the real world? Nick, I want to ask you, what, what, what advice would you give? And I, and, I, and I probably already know most of what you're going to say, but I, I'm just curious. Like, uh, what do you have in mind? Know thyself. Know thyself. It, it, it really comes down to, right, is that there are all these tools and things we can pick up from people um, the more you discover and learn and understand about yourself, the more you're going to know what kind of supporting relationships you want, you need in your life to better help you, the more resiliency you're going to develop, the more you're going to know what kind of people you connect with the best that you can help with, the more you know what kind of life mission ikigai that you want to fulfill and discover. 
just getting yeah. into that process of knowing yourself, learning yourself. Um, just because you think you defined yourself or there's some characteristic you had that you told yourself at the age of 11 or the age of 17 that this is who I am, that's okay and that's great and continue to bet on that. And there can be so much more and you can evolve that and you are allowed to change that definition. You know, at what point in your life did you decide that this, whatever it was, is going to be part of your identity? And does that stay with you until you're 87 or until you're 47 or whenever it is? So I think just know thyself to yeah. continue to rediscover who you are. Everything else will come from there. I love how you mentioned that even if you know yourself in X amount of time, that can still change. It's always evolving. It's always a process. So I, I know it, I know it's cha- changed for me and changed for countless others. And when, as soon as I had that realization that, wow, at what point in my life did I tell myself that I was this? In other words, this is my identity. And then I held myself to that, sometimes even too rigidly. Once I realized that, that those are also learned behaviors and behaviors that can change, that unlocks so much more for me too. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is realizing if you're changing, it's it's not it's not a failure. It's also, it's more so, okay, you're realizing this quicker kind of thing. So we're we're always changing. We're always I don't care who you are, what you're doing, even if you think you're stubborn, stuck in mud, you you're the same person. We're always changing, right? Atoms, molecules are getting constantly cycled in and out of us. So anytime that you're staying exactly the same, you're really not. You're really just holding on to some you're grasping for life or some part of you that remains true. But then the rest if you're not learning or growing or doing something, you're slowly fading away on the inside. Yeah. Nick, I think that's a great place <laughs> to put a nod <laughs> on this conversation. <laughs> but but let's touch on some accountability. I've been really prepping for my OCS. I've been I've been taking some practice exams, um, scoring. I mean, not not great in the 60 to 70 ranges on on some of the practice exams. But it, it's still three months away. I'm still still hammering away. So I'm uh, I'm finishing up the current concept of. I'm just finishing up the current concepts, reading the, the monographs. Um, and by the, by the next time we speak, I think I want to just finish finish all of the monographs. So I only have the lower back pain one left in terms of the current concepts. So by the next time we talk, Nick, I'll, I'll be finished with that, and I'll be more ready than I currently am now. Hey, you know, it sounds like for how much time you got left or where you are, you're on the right track. You're pretty – pretty close to where I was, um, if not actually a little bit ahead as far as some of the monograph reading. So um, I, I have faith in you, Bob. I don't, I don't doubt that part for you whatsoever. Um, for me, it's going to be similar in that it's going to be focused on the OCS as well. So kind of a little bit of a duality here. Um, for me, it's going to be um, by the next time we talk, I'm going to finalize the documents that we'll have between me and my business partner for all the study review that we'll want all our clients, everybody that we're working with, to kind of have them set up for the best success that they possibly can for passing the OCS. So have all those documents finalized, then we'll be taking the next steps from there. Perfect. That's amazing. I'd love to hear more about it. Next time, we'll, we'll probably, that'll be all we talk about, Nick. So I'm excited Sounds to hear good. about it. And Bob, just to right. sign off here, you know, I'd encourage you, encourage myself, encourage all those listening out there, become the person, become the mentor. That would inspire yourself. Yeah, I love it. 
All right, Nick, it was a pleasure. All right, stay strong, my friend. Bye.